Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. Dr. Fauci is uh, with me, and Dr. Fauci, thank you for uh, taking the time to be with us. Uh, You know, one of the things, the last time you were with us, we talked about particularly the African-American community that was hesitant. I don't know if it's apathy. It's probably a bunch of things not taking the virus. But one of the things I'm finding out is the more I talk about this, the more I explain the position about being fully vaccinated, we seem to be able to change people's minds. Are you seeing an improvement in, in, in our community now uh, being vaccinated? The answer to that is yes. Um, I believe, and, and I believe we're getting some success in this, if we get to the people at the community level and communicate to them through trusted messages in messengers in the community, that could be trusted clergy, that could be a family physician or a health care provider, that could be a person in the community, a neighbor who's trusted, who talks to people about why it's important and answers their reasonable and understandable questions. I find that in the African-American community, there are, there are questions that are reasonable that they're asking, uh, wanting to know more about the vaccine, wanting to know a little bit more about the safety, about the efficacy. Even though a lot has been said, it really makes sense to go the extra mile and be able to communicate at the level of people in the community. And I believe that's the reason why we're seeing now among the African-American community that more and more people are stepping forward. We've really got to get to the young people, and young people respond to peers and people that they trust. So that's the tack that we're taking right now. You know, it's interesting, Dr. Fauci. uh, Let me play off the one thing you said. Young people are responding to peers. I am been I have been getting caller after caller from their parents who are saying to them, look, son, look, daughter, you're going to have to get vaccinated. And the children are telling the parents, no, I'm not going to do it. I don't trust it, that type of thing. So it sounds to me what you're saying. We've got to get some of our artists and and influencers of their generation this is what you're saying. They're the ones that are going to convince because they're not necessarily listening. I hate to say this, but we're both about the same age. Our children don't always listen to us, do they? Well, certainly. I think you and I probably have a common experience there. I bet. Uh, they, re- they respect us, but they don't necessarily yeah. listen to everything we say. And, and what you just said right now is really important. What I've been doing and my colleagues and others have been doing Uh, particularly through the community core, is to really engage, as you said, with people at the level that they respect, young rappers, uh, young entertainers, uh, individuals who are, you know, the the kind of communication that younger people do every day that not necessarily elderly and older people do. I find that that's a very effective way to get people to at least listen to what you're saying. Let me, there's one question that keeps coming up uh, with with the the older people we talk to and the response they get back from their their uh, uh, ch- uh, children, uh, their younger children, is they keep, their children keep saying uh, the the vaccine is not safe. I need to, I need to wait to find out 
uh, how safe it is. Your response as a as a scientist to that point. Well, first of all, it's an understandable question. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that question. However, when you present the real world data to individuals, I believe you can convince them. There have been hundreds of millions of doses of vaccine that have been distributed in the United States and throughout the world. We have an awful lot of experience about the effectiveness and about the safety. Now, not every single intervention that we've ever done, there is some level of an adverse event. When you're dealing with vaccines, these are really very rare. And whenever there has been an analysis of the benefit of the vaccine versus the risk of an adverse event, every organization, including the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices, which advises the CDC, every time the data are analyzed, what comes out is a conclusion that although you must be aware of the rare adverse events, they still weigh very, very heavily to the advantage and the risk-benefit ratio in favor of getting vaccinated. So that's just the facts based on literally hundreds of millions of doses of the vaccine that have been distributed. Explain to us, in the time we have remaining, how can fully vaccinated people still spread the Delta variants? Well, The vaccine, any vaccine, even a really highly, highly effective vaccine, is never 100 percent effective. So we have 94, 95 percent effective vaccines, but that still leaves people who have what's called breakthrough infections. And when you get a breakthrough infection means the definition of that is that you're vaccinated, you certainly are extremely well protected against getting advanced disease that might lead to hospitalization or even, God forbid, death. However, you may get infected and have minimal symptoms and no symptoms. When you do get infected with the Delta variant, it is such a highly transmissible virus that even vaccinated people who are infected with a breakthrough infected, those rare or unusual number, a very small number of people, they can transmit the virus to other people. And that's the concern why the CDC has modified their guidelines to say that if you are an individual who's vaccinated, when you are in an indoor public setting in an area of the country that has a high degree a viral transmission, that you should wear a mask indoors, even if you are vaccinated, to go that extra mile to protect you and to prevent you from ultimately inadvertently and innocently passing on the infection to someone else. All right. And, and, and only a minute left. Now, and I'll give you a, a real life experience. Yesterday, uh, uh, Sherry and I went out to dinner. Um, <laughs> I, I, I carry a mask with me. All the time. I got even have extras in the car. And, and so I go into this restaurant. It is packed. And I would venture to say, I don't think one of the waitresses had a mask on. This is in Virginia. Um, we put our mask on 
while as we're ordering. Now we take it obviously take it off while we have to eat and drink. I'm I'm confused. When should I wear a mask? Uh, and and I I tell you I I listen to you and I do wear it when I go into a grocery store. But but people are now legitimately confused and I'm I'm one of them. I don't know when to put it on, when to take it off. Yeah. Well, I mean you are doing the right thing by putting that uh, mask on when you are in a place that's indoor, I assume. In fact, I know you are vaccinated. And that's yes. the reason. So, for example, what county were you in when you did that? Were you in Arlington or Fairfax? Or what county were well, you we in? were over in McLean. In McLean. So that's, uh, let me see, that's probably. I don't know, Fairfax or whatever. You know, yeah, I know. Yeah. The reason I say that is that if you look at that Fairfax County has got a yellow. In other words, the level of infection there is relatively low. Uh, If you want to go the extra mile and want to make sure that even though you're vaccinated, that you're protected, you're doing the right thing. You have the discretion of putting a mask on. Mm -hmm. The county you're in happens to be a a low level of infection. It's yellow. I see. So mm-hmm. under those circumstances, the guidelines are not strong that you should be wearing a mask indoor. But if you were in a county that was orange or red, namely had a high degree of transmission, then everyone should have been wearing a mask indoor. And how does, it, my listeners, how do we find out, the final question, how do we find out, where do we go to find out if we're in a county uh, that is uh, red or what What was the other color? <laughs> Uh, red and orange are the high oh, red levels. and orange. Yeah. How do we find well, that out? You just go to the CDC. Just go to cdc.gov and just go for tracking to counties, and you'll be able to see which county is the one. I mean, that's the reason why when I was talking to you on the phone, I was sitting in front of my computer, and I just clicked on. I put state, Virginia, county, Fairfax County, and I looked, and it came up yellow. Yeah, that's what we did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's it's just that it's it's just that easy. And, yep. and 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 once again, uh, I've got grandchildren. They're getting ready to go to school in the fall. Uh, it looks like counties, uh, and no matter what, yellow, red, whatever, it looks like schools are now saying p- children are going to have to wear masks. You would agree? Absolutely. That, okay. All right. And, and 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 that doesn't matter where you are. Right now, the recommendation of the CDC, the guideline. Now, the local authorities will ultimately make the decision. But the CDC guideline says, given what's going on with the really rapid spread of the Delta variant, that when you're dealing with school, the main thing we want to do is to get children safely back to school in person, not virtual, but in person in the classroom in the fall term. And in order to do that safely, under the current conditions of the Delta variant, that everyone should be wearing a mask. Teachers, uh, staff in the school, and children, whether you're vaccinated or not, everyone should be wearing a mask. This Delta variant is really serious, isn't it? Not only in the United States, but globally. Oh, globally, it's devastating the globe right now. I mean, there are countries like India and the U.K. and Israel. All of them are having the same issue that we're having. 
All right. Dr. Fauci, appreciate you coming on, and, and we'll look forward to talking to you the next time. And we'll keep doing our piece here on The Madison Show. And I think we're having an impact, but you can count on us pushing uh, the, the vaccine and the mask wearing. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's very good to be with you. Thank you for having me. Let's take Rebecca. Rebecca, go ahead. Rebecca says she's a nurse. Go ahead, Rebecca. Yes, sir. Thank you. And I appreciate everything that you're doing, the message you're getting out. I just wanted to piggyback on the prior ED nurse, give people another visual of what it's like to be put on a ventilator. They will, the person's on their back. The doctor uses a device to lift your tongue. It's not soft. It cannot be comfortable. They stick the tube down in your lungs. It is either secured to your mouth, someone is blowing air, using a device to blow it in your lungs. When you're put on the ventilator, it is blowing your lungs. There's a potential, when you have that tube down your throat, into your lungs, there are things called ulcers you can get on your mouth. It's not comfortable from the pressure of the tube. The tube, there are sometimes that the pressure can blow a hole in your lungs. And you have to have another tube stuck in your side that takes the air out. You've potential for absolutely correct. The tube, the catheter the nurse described, is a tube that's placed into your bladder that brings the urine out if you are making urine. You're, most of the time, they're paralyzed or so sick, you can't call and tell the nurse that you have to have a bowel movement. You poop in the bed Hopefully you have a good staff person that can clean you up. Another place you can get an ulcer from all this poop and the pee that comes out and you're laying in is also a painful process. It's like having a road burn, scraping your skin off. It can get an infection. You're laying there. You're not using your muscles. When And if you do survive, you like the other gentleman said, you can't walk. Your muscles have wasted away because you're not using them. There are so many other side effects to being on the ventilator. Throat sore, there's lots of potential things. These people, especially healthcare workers, are total idiots and stupid. Thank you so much. That's all I have to say. Hello, hello. Did she drop the mic? No, I'm still here, but I'm no, no, I mean, oh, no, no, (laughs) you dropped the mic. That was a caller from what, a week ago? And I got to tell you, that's, see, that's how you use talk radio. Who would, well, all right, let me go to the phones. Tammy, North Carolina. Hi, you're on with Madison, 35 after the hour. Thank you for calling. Hey, good morning, Joe. Um, Good morning, family. Thank you guys so much for allowing us to be able to, as nurses and doctors and providers, allow us to give the audience audience a um, visualization of what goes on. So just giving some food for thought. All of our patients are important. I'm an emergency department nurse. And other conditions don't stop because of COVID. We still have patients with heart attacks, and we still have lacerations that we have to stitch up. 
the frustration that a lot of us are having, we're pleading people, please get vaccinated because this is a preventable or potentially preventable or at the minimal decreasing item that you can do as an individual to help decrease the numbers in our emergency departments. So when you're sitting there with your baby who has a laceration on the hand and don't understand why we won't rush you back so that your baby will stop crying and the bleeding will stop, well, we have a bay or several rooms full of patients who have COVID positive because they have not been vaccinated waiting to go to a room that the hospital is practically full. And like I said, it is, it's just about getting a shot and getting knowledge about what this condition causes. And just one more quick thing, Joe. Well, one thing that I don't think that people are looking at is who is taking care of those patients on the ventilator. We're people too, nurses, doctors, technicians. And if general public is not taking steps to take care of themselves, we will also get sick. So as our numbers start to increase of, of the healthcare providers getting sick, then now our patient to nurse or technician ratio goes up. So me as a nurse who would normally have three, maybe four patients in the ER, I have 10. So if you're that 10th person that's sitting there with having difficulty breathing and I'm on number two, you're going to, you're going to be waiting. And just like the other nurse said, that when it comes to you pooping and peeing, you're gonna be sitting in it and you're gonna be laying in it. Unfortunately, not because we don't care, but because we can't get to you with these un alarming numbers of patients being sick. And ben from South Carolina, I'm gonna to try to give people at least two minutes and I have a timer here, by the way. So uh, forgive me if because I have to, uh, and the, every line is full, I'm so glad. Uh, let's go to South Carolina. Ben is a first-time caller and a COVID survivor. Go ahead, Ben. Thank you, sir. Good morning to the Madison Show and listeners everywhere. Back in 2019, I went into a clinic in Georgia for DOT physical. And two days later, I felt like I was coming down with something Long story short, day number four, I felt so bad, had no idea what it was. All I know is that it was something that I've never had before. And I very seldom get sick. And I um, was the fever, the sweating, shortness of breath, I had it all. And I hadn't even heard about COVID-19. And this was December of 2019. So after seven days, I got myself back together, kept myself hydrated, lemons, water. That was all I could drink. You know, but like I said, I had no idea what it was. And February of 2020 was when I started hearing about COVID-19. So I'm saying to myself, that must have been what I had. And I'm telling you, that is something you don't want to get. It's horrible. That's all I got to say. Next caller, Ralph from uh, New York. Ralph from New York. 
Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, sorry. Uh, good morning, Joe, and everybody else. Um, I'm a COVID, not COVID survivor, but I'm a provider on the tail end of the care. And also, both my parents had it. They didn't have to go to the hospital, thankfully. But my father lost 50% of his best friends uh, who went into the hospital and passed away while on an event. And one of them was a couple, a husband and wife. They died within a week apart. And um, it pretty much almost knocked him out for like a whole year. He was depressed for a whole year about it. Um, and I'll, that's all I can say about that. But I'm a rehabilitation doctor. I work in a rehab facilities. Um, it's not only after you get discharged from the hospital. Uh, it's, it's not over, as the nurse said last week. I had to deal with the patients who were stuck on a vent for three plus months, um, even a year. And uh, they have the, the hole in the throat, what we call a trach. And uh, they have complications from that where if they remove it, sometimes the trach closes off and you have to reintubate them and retrach them. Um, I did wound care where uh, the wound, it's one thing to have a pressure also, but once it opens up and it goes by stages, and once you get to stage three or four, it gets to the bone where you get an infection of the bone and infection throughout the rest of the body, which we call sepsis. And um, the complications you think you get stuck in antibiotics. You know, as I said, your muscles get weak. You can't walk. You can't move. You know, we correlate. We say for every day you spend in the hospital, it's two to three days loss of normal time. And um, that's why patients spend like at least three to four months in rehabilitation after they get discharged after having COVID. And it's not yet. Yeah. People think you just get out of the hospital, you go home, and that's it. But plus, the cost may cost so much in the in the acute care where you go to the hospital, get intubated. But once you go to rehab, there's another cost, like three or four months, and that piles up as well. And I don't think people realize it's not just how much you pay in the mm-hmm. hospital, it's how much you pay in the rehab facilities as well. Yeah. And yeah. some people may never go home again. And, 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 and I, that's why these companies, again, follow the money. That's why these major corporations, to be honest, are now saying you're going to have to be vaccinated because we're paying part of this hospitalization and it's starting to cost us billions of dollars. And matter of fact, as you just pointed out, even if you're lucky to survive, it's going to be even more cost. We'll continue 42 after the hour. Here's what I'm doing if you're just tuning in. I am giving priority to COVID survivors. We are now hearing the tide is turning. Vaccine skeptics are now changing their mind. I know the power of this show. When that nurse, who we had taught, you heard the interview, I mean, she called in. She said, let me, let me just give, let me vividly describe to the, everybody listening, here's what happens. Here's what happens. And because of that one conversation, that one caller, we started getting individuals who said, you know, 
I was one of these anti-vaxxers. But when I heard what she described, I got my vaccine. I can't, no matter what I say, what I do, what you're hearing from people is something I didn't experience. So I can't be authentic. And, and and so people will, well, who are you, Madison? You haven't been sick. You haven't gone to the hospital. Nobody in your family has. So you just, you know, I can dis, they can dismiss me. But let me tell you who you can't dismiss. All you, all you non-vaxxers out there. And if you want to play politics like these senators and members of Congress did yesterday who refused to wear a mask, now I think they ought to be arrested, to be honest with you. And I do mean arrested. Because, and, and, and at some point in time, to be honest with you, I think they ought to be sued. But I can't, con- the people who can convince you the most are the folks who you're hearing from. And that's how talk radio should be used, in my humble opinion. Let me go to a caller. Judith, New Jersey, first time caller who, by the way, COVID survivor and a doctor. Go ahead, Judith. Thank you for calling. Hi, Joe. Uh, Thank you for having me on. I'm a Washingtonian in New Jersey. I'm Dr. Lightfoot. I'm chief of infectious disease uh, here at Rowan University School of Osteopathic Medicine. And I am also uh, the chair of the Department of Medicine, and I was one of the first infected here with COVID-19. And um, I ended up in the ICU. My mother was also infected. Uh, we didn't even know. My brother, who's a Washingtonian, actually, uh, who's there in Washington, kept calling my husband in New Jersey while I'm in the ICU, saying, in the very beginning, transportation wasn't working. He kept telling my husband my mother wasn't answering the phone, who's here in New Jersey, around the corner from me. So when I say check on people who are not answering the phone or who live alone, you best do that because they may be suffering from COVID-19. So when my husband went there dealing with his wife in the ICU, my mother's unresponsive. She's now in the ICU. So not only taking care of people with COVID-19, I became infected and was in there for a long time. As an infectious disease doctor, I take care of most of the very sick people. I've taken care of them post-COVID. I myself was out for three months my mother, who's a four-time cancer survivor, made it through this, thank God, recovered for six months. I could not walk when I got out of the hospital. I withered down to a size four. I'm someone who wears a size eight. I had to learn how to walk again. I had to learn how to breathe again. It took me three and a half months to even get back to work, and only the reason why I came back so soon which was early, and I would not come back until I had two negative tests by PCR because I did not want to infect my staff, was because we had to open up telehealth to take care of everyone else. This is very real, but as a physician who takes care of the most critically ill in the hospital and going to a room and laying in critical care ICU beds while I'm always trying to instill hope to people I take care of that I'm coming back and hanging in there, I did not know if anyone was going to be able to come back to see me if I was going to make it out of that room. And when it came time to being discharged, which I was very grateful, by the way, to get home, there was no rehab for me to go to at that time. My husband was my rehab. He didn't get infected and no one could understand. And even in the beginning, let me say this, as an ID doc in this area, 
I didn't have the typical fever, cough, and shortness of breath that people were talking about in the very beginning. I had what was called GI manifestation. Was the, I was the first to have the nausea and vomiting and diarrhea in this country back on March 7th of 2020. That's when we learned that you can have GI symptoms as the manifestations of COVID-19. And it took me 18, 11 days later to end up in the ICU. So this is very real. I was very, very sick, passing out of my home for 11 days, not knowing. My husband didn't get infected because we knew about serotype O later, but that's a whole nother story. But I believe in the vaccination. I've been vaccinated. Everyone in my family around me, we have not seen family members still to this day because everyone is not vaccinated still yet. There's one nephew who won't convert. He won't convert just yet, and I'm begging him. He lives How alone. Old is he? he won't. How so old vaccination is, he? is very, very important, Joe, and I applaud you for what you're doing. We have to vaccinate everyone. Uh, uh, doctor, let me, let me, yeah, doctor, uh, how, how old is that nephew? 28. Yeah, 28. This is, My sister's isn't it only child. She's a Washingtonian yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, is what is, this is what is so, and I, well, I shouldn't say it's fascinating. These young youngins, I, and I say that affectionately, they are being so misinformed. And, yeah. they, they, and they just live and die by that, all that disinformation that's on their screens, their, their hand devices, and and that's what they re, that's what they refer to, and the sad yeah. and here's what what I hope will happen, I'm hoping the the influencers who they listen to, uh, the, the the like for example the Breakfast Club, very popular show among young people, uh, you know the the folks their age who, who they listen to in the morning and throughout the day. I am begging them, use your platform like I'm using this platform. Um, And I think they could, and you may uh, disagree, you might agree or disagree, but I think they can have, I know they can have as much influence, if not more, than I can. Because how could a 28-year-old with someone as brilliant as you, who went through everything you went through, how could you beat your 28 years old and you wait a minute, and you don't understand what your aunt, <laughs> you, you, you know, like the old folks say, and my mother, and, and your mom, and your mother, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and an only child, and, and my it will break my husband. I mean, my my sister and her and her husband's heart. Their only yeah. son, yeah, it will break their heart to lose him, and they have lost. Uh, his his aunt, uh, her his father's sister, uh, to COVID nineteen, uh, to a healthcare you know someone who had to come into the home to take care of her, which nobody yeah. knew. We don't blame them, but yeah. this is very real, people. And it's I'm also a program director who you know my residents who I coach who had to take care of me, and they yeah. were nervous about taking care of me, someone who trains them. Yeah, so this I got is very, very real. Very real, Doctor. Thank you so much. I, that, I'm, I'm, thank you for taking advantage of this platform and the show. We'll continue. This is Brian Thompson. He's 43 years old, married, adores his son. He works for an IT company from home, and he's unvaccinated. I was unvaccinated. Yeah, just um, I, I was myself a little skeptical. I felt it got 
rushed. I wanted to just make sure it was safe. Uh, so I figured, you know, if anyone can take a little bit of a risk, it can be us because of our situation, you know. That is until he got COVID-19. My blood pressure was 71 over 40. Um, my oxygen was in the very low 80s. Uh, I was, I mean, I, I was on my way out. It, it probably wouldn't have been much longer that I would have died. Brian says he had fever, which led to pneumonia. He ended up in the hospital. He recovered and was discharged. But once he was home, things took a turn. During the night, pain increased to a level I've never experienced. His wife, Audrey, rushed him to the emergency room, and that's when the doctors found several blood clots in his leg. And I had to have my leg, uh, it's been amputated from um, right underneath my knee. Brian says in hindsight, yes, he wishes he would have gotten the vaccine. People are saying, well, you know, what's the point of getting uh, the vaccine? I can still get it, you know. And then, yes, that, that's true. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. You can still get it. But the chances of it being so severe to where you lose a leg like I have, I've lost my leg. Like I can't, there's a lot of things I'm not going to be able to do anymore. I hope you truck drivers are listening. Correct me if I'm wrong, and don't be a smart aleck about it. It's very difficult to drive a huge truck with one leg. It's very difficult to do a lot of things. Listen to what he just said. Yeah, you, yeah. anyway, it, it speaks for itself. And the president has said, that's it. I'm, 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 I, I can't make Louisiana do this. I can't make Texas do this. I can't make these states do this where there are red hot spots. But what I can do is I can order federal workers. You're going to get vaccinated and you're going to be tested. And by the way, if you got a contract with the federal government, you, you, you can't do business unless your people are under the same mandate. Oh, and by the way, Forget traveling. Now, here's what I did in the first hour, and we still have people. I'm using this platform, the Madison Show. I am thoroughly convinced that no matter how much I tell you and try to, no matter how many guests, experts that I bring on the show, there's just folk out here who just, they're just not going to do the right, they're just not going to do it. But let me tell you, you cannot, you know, how do you counter what you just heard from that the young man 40-some years old from Mississippi? You can't. How do you counter a nurse who just got through saying to you, oh, you'll end up, you'll end, let me tell you what it's like to be on a ventilator. Let me tell you what it's like to have to, 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 uh, defecate on yourself and and pee on yourself and wait for a nurse who, by the way, in, instead of having three or four patients during normal time, have 10, and they're not ignoring you. Because, you know, it's not just COVID patients. When we went to uh, GW Hospital, I uh, the guy walked up to the, uh, uh, I guess, someone intake nurse. And I just happened to be sitting there with Sherry, and he said, how long will it be? And the intake nurse said, 
five to six hours. What? Yeah, before we'll be able to get to you. And if you are having a difficult time breathing or you, whatever your emergency is, five to six hours? So I'm asking COVID survivors and, and those who are, are, are attendants in the medical field, if you don't believe Joe Madison, then listen to the people who are talking directly to you. That's what I'm going to do with this format that I have here. Listen to them. Don't turn the channel. Forget all this. And, and you young people, you, and those of you young people, the brothers, you brothers in the barber shop. And and in the beauty shop, come on, folks, be smart. Listen to, if you don't, don't, and and, and when you read this stuff, all this conspiracy, this and it, dot and dot, listen to your family members. Listen. By the way, listen to the people who love you the most. Listen to the people who love you the most. We'll continue here with Madison. Your calls, 1-866-801-8255. Robinson from Florida. Go ahead, Robinson. Hey, how you doing this morning? I'm okay. Uh, I just want to say I had the uh, COVID twice. I've been hospitalized twice. They come in. My my problem with I am scared of needles. I finally got my wife probably convinced to go get the shot. My daughter don't want to get the shot. She twelve. Uh, that's what I'm. Oh wait, 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 wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Slow down, (laughs) slow down. Mm -hmm. I just want to make sure I heard you correctly. Your wife, you afraid of needles? Have you? Let me have you. Did you get over the fear and got the shot? I'm, I'm still working on it, Joe. I'm going to be honest. Oh, man. And wait, 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 like wait, wait, wait. No, stop, 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 stop. Don't, no, don't, see, don't, no, 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 no. Don't try to get ahead of me. And that's what you're getting ready to do. Now, the reason I stopped you, because uh, you said your 12-year-old is not going to get it. I'm sorry, but no, a 12-year-old, uh, will you shut, uh, see, don't, you know, see, I'm trying to be nice. And you're just trying to come in with this. First, so I'm going to start over. What, the reason I stopped you was it caught my attention that a 12-year-old is telling the parents of a household, oh, I'm not going to take it. Well, first of all, who's the adult in the house? You're the parent. Now, that's number one. So don't even get me started going down that road. That, that's number one. You know, it's like if you tell your 12-year-old to eat the, 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 the vegetables, the 12-year-old is going to eat the vegetables. But, I'm, but you're the adult in the house, number one. Number two, you are a grown-ass man, and you're afraid of needles. And I bet you, if you served in the military, or I guarantee you somewhere, you've had a shot. So you're a grown-ass man, and you're telling millions of people listening, I'm afraid of needles. Then don't look. 
when they poke your ass or your arm. <laughs> I'm having fun with you now, Robinson, but I'm telling you, just just don't look. That's okay? the same thing when I got my first shot. I didn't look. You and, and you and by the and by the way, it won't hurt. I guarantee you, it won't hurt. Number number one. Now number two, what are you still dealing with? I mean, that's that's really where I wanted to go, and I'll pick up where you where I interrupted you. You say because I had to ask you because my third ear went up before I go to a break. My third ear went up because I said I bet she hasn't been vaccinated. You didn't say that, but you answered honestly. So what are you trying to overcome? Well, as I was saying, you're right. I am the man in my house. My daughter going to do what the hell I tell you to do. That's number one. That's not what I was implying. Well, we, we've established that know, fact. She's going she's gonna to get, get what she needs to do. Well, I want to let you know that because you cut me off about whatever you thought I was getting ready to say. No, I'm going to tell you. Look, look, look excuse me. I, I'm the, excuse me. I, I will cut you off. It's my show. And when I get a thought in my head, I will stop and and share that thought. So, you know, that you're not in a position to, you know, I, I just anticipated where I thought you were going. So let me start because I got to go to a break. Do you plan to get vaccinated? Yeah, like I said, just like a toothache when you get you, you get. A oh, shot, shut. You, the, you know what? Tooth. Stop. 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 Quit trying to be so descriptive it's a yes you know it's just like if you're in a court it's a yes or no question i don't care about your toothache i don't need a description i gotta go to a commercial break do you plan to get vaccinated and and yes or no it's like when my tooth hurt i got a shot so i gotta get a shot yes i do Thank you. You go get that shot. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well. Okay. So the bottom bottom line is you will be getting vaccinated finally. Correct. Yes, and I wanted to say real quick, Joe, that when we go in these hospitals this time around, people need to be in there with you because they come in there and try to give you shots. That well, oh, hold, 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 stop, brother, stop. See, there's where I don't need all that because let me tell you something. When you go into that hospital and you are got a COVID, you're at, yeah, let, let me tell you, you think you're afraid of needles? You wait till they try to stick a decatheter up your penis. If you think you, uh, 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 a catheter, if you think you're afraid of shots, you, did you hear what the nurse said? It's like when they get ready to stick a, a, a tube down your, your, your throat your, and into your lungs. You, you, you wish you had a shot. And when you talk about when you go to the hospital, if if you go in there with COVID, nobody's going to go in there with you. And they're not going. And by the way, if you are really sick, they will they you will only be able to talk to them through Zoom. So I'm glad that you called. I'm glad you're going to go in and I'm glad you just hung up so I can go on to the next caller. See, you know, don't give me all this extra conversation about a toothache. And you got when you go to the hospital, have somebody. You just you, you know what you're doing. You're building excuses. Stop Take it. your ass to Walmart and get a shot and call it a day. Forty six after the hour, huh? And yeah, put up. Yeah, you know, put uh, what Sherry say. What did you say, Sherry? Put on your big boy pants, Robinson. 
put on your big boy pants, go get the shot, and live. We'll okay? continue. I'm Madison. We need you listening to the Madison show. Yeah, please. You know, but you just cut out all the flowery, well, toothache and all that. This is, a, a toothache ain't going to kill your ass. You know, we'll continue. I'm Madison. one 866 Randy from Georgia. Go ahead. You're on with Madison 31 after the hour here on Sirius XM Urban View. Good morning, Joe. Uh, Good morning. I was against the vaccine for a while. Me and a friend of mine, we went, or me and a lot of friends of mine, we went the whole year, and we never wore a mask or nothing. Our kids go to school in North Georgia. They wasn't required to wear a mask and never did. And one day my friend got real sick, and he down there died from COVID. He called me up, and he said, "Uh, you need to get the vaccine. And it changed my mind, and I went and got both shots of the Moderna. had no side effects at all. And, and I'm a Trump supporter, Joe, and I got to say one thing to all the Trump supporters that don't want to get it. Trump got it, so why not get it? You know? <laughs> Trump got the damn thing, and he's the one that started it. He's the one that started pushing the uh, the uh, rapid speed to get it made. Hey, man. So, and, I, and, I, Biden ain't, I, and Biden ain't trying to kill nobody, and a lot of people that I know won't get it because Biden's president. I said that's, that's right. ludicrous. No, I mean, you you know, if there's ever a call that's going to be in the podcast, it's going to be your call, Randy. (laughs) (laughs) I got it, no side effects. I had just a little sore arm off the first shot. That's what I had. I I had a little bit of side effect. You know, I got, what was it? It was a little fever, Sherry? Low-grade fever and fatigue. And fatigue. That's it. And to the point that, Randy, Sherry said, you know, our executive producer, sitting here next to me, she said, well, maybe we ought to, uh, you know, let's put the best, uh, you know, cancel the, uh, postpone, you know, you doing, doing the a show, live show, a live show. Let's, you know, let's just put the best mm-hmm. of on. And I said, no, let me just lie down for a moment and, uh-huh. um, and I'll be okay. Next morning I woke up, I was fine. He, need, he needed a good nap. That's what I needed. Thanks. Yep. Hey, Randy. I, first of all, I just, and I got to tell you, Randy, and I say this, and we may not agree on public policy and all kind of things, but I just thank you for being honest. I really do. I well, thank, I thank you, for, you for trying to get this word out and trying to save people's lives because uh, I got some free people that will say, well, God will take care of me. I said, well, God did take care of you. He put the vaccine out there. You dumb ass, I go get it. So. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That's the, again, it reminds me of Dick Gregory's classic joke. He talks about his cousin Jabbo uh, living uh, along the Mississippi River or some river, and the river was, and they had flood, and the river was flooding. And the and the water came up to the the first floor, the living room, and they said, "Jabbo, you gotta, you 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 gotta, you, hey, the flood's coming." And uh, the rescuers came with a boat, and uh, no, I'm gonna put my faith and and trust in the Lord. And so next day, the the river flooded, and it got up to the second floor. So Jabbo moved. I mean, moved to the second floor. Rescuers came by. Jabbo, you got to get on the boat. 
you know, it's getting worse. No, I'm going to put my trust in the Lord. And then it got up to the roof and Jabo's on top of the roof. And the, and, the, and the rescuers came by with the boat. Jabo, get on the boat. And the following day, Jabo drowned. Got to heaven. And there, and there was the Lord waiting for him. God, I've been faithful to you and trusted you and believed in you. Why? Why did you allow me to drown? And the Lord said to Jabbo, you fool, I sent three boats by for you. <laughs> and these people, and you know what? And they and some of these ministers get in the church. I'm going to put my faith in the Lord. Okay. The Lord sent the vaccine. Talk to those countries where they didn't have the vaccine. John from New Jersey, who is a COVID survivor. Go ahead, John. Yeah, Joe. Yes. Am I on? Yes, you yeah, are. Joe, real quick, I'll tell you my story. On February 22nd, I was diagnosed with COVID in the hospital. I think I had it probably on uh, Valentine's Day because I remember going to get flushed from wife and being deathly sick. Within two hours in the hospital, they immediately brought me in a secured area, tested me, told me I had COVID, immediately took me up to a room. Within two or three hours, they gave me an infectious disease specialist. I banged heads with him, requested my old infectious disease specialist. He came into the room, told me that in May at the University of Pennsylvania, he had COVID. One of the first ones to get the experimental treatment. I forget its name. They shoot you up for five days, probably takes two and a half hours each day intravenously with uh, the cure, and they give you steroids. Uh, I was in there for five days. Joe, it was the worst experience I ever had in my life. Uh, they don't tell you about the mental aspect of it. You're, you're, you're physically not there. You're in an isolated They had this big blue machine that ran from the time I got there to the time I left. All right? Uh, within the sixth day, they released me from the hospital, home with oxygen, I was on oxygen approximately two months. Joe, the hardest thing for me to do when I got out of the hospital was to take a shower. I'm in a bungalow in Atlantic City. My shower is approximately 20 feet from my living room. The hardest thing I ever did in my life was to walk to that shower with oxygen and take a shower. Wow. I'm 67 years old, Joe. This was undoubtedly one of the worst experiences of my life. It is now, what, July, the end of July. I still have stuff going on. Within two weeks out of the hospital, I got shingles. And my wife got chicken pox from my shingles. I'm still, shingles are gone, but they're getting better. You know, with after the shingles, Joe, I got this sort of flu for two weeks. I think I probably got the second variant. One of the worst things that ever happened to me in my life. I just got my second shot uh, probably a week ago. Uh, 
My only thing I want to do, I have a granddaughter that's been born four months ago. I've yet to see her or hold her. I can't wait for two weeks from now to go hold my granddaughter. It's a family affair, Joe. It affects everything. My daughter's a registered nurse in the emergency room. She's totally spent. She's burnt out. I got a daughter in Florida that just texted me on this phone call. Her friend got COVID. She's got COVID now. No medical insurance. Good job in Florida. She don't know what she's going to do. I have a wife here. For some reason, she refuses to get the shot. She's Whoa. leaving to the, within the next 10 minutes. She's sitting here looking at me, shaking her head. Within 10 minutes, she's leaving here to go cut hair for eight hours a day. Joe, undoubtedly, the worst thing that happened to me in my life. Thank God for the medications. Thank God. I think it's called retinol or something. Rendezivir. That saved my life, Joe. Well, let I'm me let me let me I'm say still this. Going through it, Joe. <clears throat> yeah, I I I I hope I I would you know I I would I would say to your wife. You want your to say husband, to her she's walking out the door. What would it take to get, yeah, what does it, what would it take to get you vaccinated? Honesty in our government. What would it take to get you vaccinated? For everyone to start staying the truth. They are, your husband, your husband is a, your husband is a living proof. And 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 by the way, I the 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 government isn't lying to you ab, ab, about this. You you are watching people. You, well, I can't. I don't know if your husband. Do, do you? Let me put it this way. Do you believe your husband loves you? Yes. Do you think he would lie to you about this? I think he's been traumatized by his experience. His experience with the hospital he was in was absolutely. He, but horrendous. he was he. But he it, and it was because he didn't have the vaccination. At that time, he wasn't able to get it. But now he can, and now you can. You would let, let me let me say this: if you you're risking getting it. Now that that's number one, and if if you get it, and and in the condition that he's in, then how do the two of you take care of each other? He's not lying. Look, if you believe your, if you believe, if you no no be 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 no be honest with your husband and yourself. The hospital, and they never told me how to protect myself or him. Okay, but people, but people, but people are looking, listen, listen, with all due respect, your husband is telling the world and late, look, young lady, I've got, I've got millions of people who are trying to get on my line right now. Nurses, attending physicians, and let me, and, and, and I'm going to tell you, I don't know if you have serious XM in your car as you drive to work. Listen to these people who are calling in who are COVID survivors. And they're telling you, if you, 
if you take that virus, the chances are you won't, the vaccine, you won't get sick or you won't get as sick. And we've got people calling in who says, if you get this virus and you end up on a ventilator, you're going to end up in a hospital bed in your own urine and your own feces and you're going to, and, and we just played, we had a man who was just like you. I had to wait. I can't wait. I don't know if they're telling the truth. He ended up with COVID and his leg was amputated because of his, his delay. Now, I'm going to just say this in closing. Your husband is talking to millions of people and he's telling, and I can hear it in his voice, he's telling you what he's saying because he loves you. Mm-hmm. And if you love him, what would it hurt to simply get a shot that'll take two minutes? It won't kill you. It won't kill, I will say this to you, it won't kill you. But COVID can. But the COVID can it almost killed your husband. Can I say this, Joe? To who? To whom? To to the wife that you're talking to Please. now. Please. You're looking in the rearview mirror. Oh, they didn't do this. They didn't do that. They did. It's hard to go forward when you're looking behind you. With what you know, you need to look forward and do better. Not put yourself and your family through what your husband has been through. And I don't think he would put you through it again either. And you're getting ready to go. And, and, and I'm just simply saying, this is a man who picked up the phone and literally confessed to millions of people. And, and, and I'm glad he gave you the phone. I, I don't know what else to say to you other than I, if, if I were you, I'd get the shot because I love my husband. I I love my husband. I believe what he went through is far more real than all this misinformation mm-hmm. that you mm-hmm. think the government has has uh, not told you. Consider the source. Consider the I source. Will, Joe, and I respect you and your okay. wife and all you do for your people. And no, I'm not. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Everything. Stop. Wait, excuse me. This. Uh, let me tell you why I stop you. I respect you for what you do for your people. I am a humanitarian. I'm not talking for my people. I am now speaking to you as an individual. This is not about, see, that this collective thing. For I respect what you're doing for your, let me tell you, whatever I do for my people has probably helped you. And right now, what I'm doing, has, I'm telling you, get in that car, turn on Sirius XM, and on your way to work, you listen to these COVID survivors and ask yourself, do you want to take the risk of being one of them? You can listen to yours truly, Madison, the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.